Impact. Lanternfly. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story is science news. This is from Wired.com. The headline is, This barnacle-inspired glue seals bleeding organs in seconds. Gross. I mean, I guess it's less gross when they're sealed. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a little gross, but it's cool. It's cool technology. Okay. About 1.9 million people die every year from blood loss, sometimes from trauma, sometimes um, in operations, according to this article. Um, and when people are bleeding, the areas are, like, wet and prone to infection and need urgent care, which seems obvious, but that's just part of this background. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to create seals on wet tissue or, like, bond tissues together when it's wet. Makes sense. Which makes sense, right? Um, and most commercial products used today um, to stop dangerous bleeding rely on coagulants, which take minutes to work. Um, and sometimes people like don't have that long. Sometimes it's just like so urgent that they need stuff to work faster than what is available nowadays. So right. for the last seven years, a research team at MIT has been developing an entirely different approach to stopping bleeding by using glue inspired by barnacles. Uh, barnacles caught the team's attention because they are annoyingly sticky quote they stick on rock rusted steel they stick on slimy surfaces like whales and turtles <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how the whales and turtles like, feel about that description i actually didn't know turtles would have but i guess it, i could see that i could yeah, see that it makes sense yeah uh in a study published this month in nature biomedical engineering the team documented how a barnacle inspired glue can stop bleeding in just seconds the team compared their barnacle glue to products used by surgeons. <laughs> like, I hope it's just called barnacle glue. Like the, that's like the actual name brand. brand <laughs> it's name like the for brand the name of it. Eventually, yeah. barnacle, barnacle glue. glue. <laughs> I hope so. Also, I, I like that. Um, so they compared it to uh, sealant pastes that are used today by surgeons, and also a coagulation patch called tacosil, I guess, um, which is also something that's used clinically. Mm-hmm. Um, but in comparison to those products, the barnacle glue formed a bond that was eight times tougher. And when tested on an isolated aorta for its like um, strength against burst pressure, it was it was like it held the bond at twice the expected pressure from blood flow. So it was like really strong and worked really really well. Wow. Um. So yeah. So actually, so after they did these like initial tests that they found that it worked really well, they did testing in rats and they teamed up with the Mayo Clinic also to test it in pigs on like heart tissue and, and vasculature okay. around the heart and mm-hmm. liver. And they got successful results with like all the tests they did. Oh, like wow. it worked really well. So <laughs> um seems really promising. Um this article noted that the coagulant patches that they tested against like technically aren't designed to stop like heavy bleeding, like what the types of tests that they were doing. But their point is that there isn't anything that can like do that. Right. So that's the best that they it's, had to compare against. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, no, um, it's too effective. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, well, they didn't have anything else to compare against that, like, was designed for exactly that same use because it's so novel. So, right. um, so this is an unmet need, uh, according to a cardiac anesthesiologist and critical care physician at the, Mayo, uh, at the Mayo Clinic. Especially in aging populations, there are a lot of patients that um, end up acquiring, like, bleeding disorders or end up on blood thinners. Mm-hmm. And then the 
the problem of like control, like if they have like a bleeding issue is really big. So stuff like this is, can be really helpful and save a lot of lives if it ends up in clinical use. Yeah. I was wondering if like the coagulant thing was a problem for people with blood thinners. Cause I yes. know like anytime that yep. you're thickening, thickening or thinning blood, like you're really, you're kind of playing around there. <laughs> right. like it's it yeah. kind of dangerous. So yeah, exactly. No, like this article didn't go into that detail, but you're exactly right that like anything, like if somebody's on blood thinners, there's just the clotting process is going to take longer mm-hmm. regardless. Which makes like even if you put, like if you put an in an effective a, way to do that. Right. Cause maybe it still works, but it just takes a really long time. And that mm-hmm. kind of defeats the purpose. Like if it's something urgent like this. Right. Um, and they also said that this type of product would be useful in places like that don't have a lot of surgical resources, like in the wilderness or combat zones or less developed countries. Like, cause it might be just easier to use than like more complex surgical procedures. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Would make so, sense. Yeah, just or even if it's just a temporary thing to seal something up. Right, right. So, yeah, I thought this was cool. They've been working on it for seven years. Oh, so so is, hopefully it's near. Yeah, so it's like, kind of like they haven't done like a human trial yet, but they're like pretty close because like I think I'm pretty sure like pigs are like the step below like when you do yeah. So mm-hmm. so that's where they're at with it. So yeah, I think we're supposed to be very similar to them in a lot of ways. I know, which is kind of strange, but a little strange for when you think about it. We're all kind of pigs, aren't we? <laughs> if you think about it too hard, you do come to that conclusion, which is very thought-provoking. Mm, bacon. My first story is food news. And this is from consequence.net. I think it's like Consequence of Sound. I think that's their website. Oh, okay. Yeah, the publication. Uh Lil Nas X named Chief Impact Officer at Taco Bell. I saw this headline. I did not read any details, though. <laughs> That's amazing. It's just, it's Please one of those headlines where the more you read it, you're like, what? 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 <laughs> but I'm on board with all these things. Um, so this new role will reportedly see him take on an array of creatively focused opportunities, including some menu innovations and an in- an exclusive experience focused around the release of his forthcoming debut album, Montero. Always forget that he hasn't actually released an album yet. It's only been singles. Oh. Which is kind of wild. I didn't even realize that. He's had that. so many hits. Yeah, and not he has had a bunch album. of hits. Um, but it's on the way. Uh, Lil Nas X is the first to hold this honorary t- uh, role, which combines food, music, and philanthropy. Uh, He'll also be teaming with the Taco Bell Foundation to benefit creative youth via the Live Moss Scholarship and will appear in the restaurant's breakfast campaign. All right. Advertising Taco Bell breakfast. Uh, He actually used to work at at an Atlanta area Taco Bell, which he alluded to in his recent single, Sun Goes Down, Um, the single I am the least familiar with, I think. Wait, I actually don't think I've even listened to that song. I don't know what... Yeah, I think uh, I listened to it one time, and I i don't know. It's not my favorite of his, of his okay. music, which um, I love most of his songs, though. So <laughs> anyway, uh, Taco Bell CEO Mark King said in a statement, Lil Nas X knows the job, the experience, and the culture Taco Bell creates for its fans, including its people. I don't know what that means. But uh, <laughs> this, this unique partnership will... <laughs> This unique partnership will deliver on more than just marketing, allowing us to tap into the genius of Lil Nas X to inspire our team members and align with our commitment to unlocking opportunities for young people. So I just like that quote because he acknowledges that Lil Nas X is a genius, which which I like. I like that sentiment. But uh, yeah, I just thought this was 
I saw this headline. I was like, this, I have to, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought the details back. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's so funny. Um, I wonder if he's going to, like, perform in, like, a new jingle or anything for them. Like, do it, like, music-related. Yeah. Something. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. What his impact will be. Yeah. All right. My next story is animal news. <laughs> This is from The Guardian. The headline is, U.S. officials advise no mercy for lanternfly summer invasion. Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's some harsh words going around about this moth. Um, What did they do? Are you familiar with the Asian lanternfly? Yes, actually. You know what they look like? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you know they're an invasive species? Mm Mm-hmm. They've appeared in past Animal Crossing games, but not the most recent one. Oh, Fun fact well, <laughs> they're currently an invasive species spreading across the Northeast U.S. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's called the, I'm sorry, I misspoke, the spotted lanternfly. Um, not the Asian lanternfly, but they okay. are a species from Asia gotcha. that ended up here. So technically an Asian lanternfly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the official Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture public guidance regarding this insect is to, quote, kill it, squash it, smash it, just get rid of it. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's their guidance this year. Um, okay. Because it's an invasive species and it destroys plants, which I will explain. So at least five states have reported infestations and four more have recorded the presence of this flying creature, which experts say first arrived from Asia between seven and ten years ago, and which are currently feasting their way through the region on crops of apples, grapes, and hops, and destroying native trees such as maple, walnut, and willow trees. Not the hops. Not the hops. <laughs> That's where my Wait beer comes bear. from. Uh, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Invasive Species Information Center, oh. which I'm like, oh, I didn't know the thing. I'm going to look at it. <laughs> the insects pose a serious economic threat to multiple U.S. industries, including viticulture, fruit trees, ornamentals, and timber. Because oh, wow. they can destroy, tr- like, whole trees and, like, infest in, like, an area. Oh, wow. Um, as well as their destruction of plants, spotted lanternflies excrete a substance called honeydew, which I don't know why that's what it's called, because that's it's a type of melon. It's very misleading. It sounds delicious. It's not delicious. Um, it turns honeydew, really. It turns into mold oh. and coats anything it comes into contact with, such as vehicles and children's play equipment what outside. What are these things? <laughs> It's like something out of The Last of Us where they just, like, spread mold There's mold spores. Um, Apparently this mold is actually harmless to people, but it, like, is visible and it's, like, a sticky, gross thing. And it can damage plants. Hmm. So that's why it's a problem more because it damages the trees and plants and stuff. Not really because it's that harmful to people. Um, But, yeah, if you see one of these, uh, the agricultural offices of every state are telling people to contact them. Like, if you see one. Because but also they're murder. trying to keep track, but also murder it. <laughs> um, Don't they look like they have like a peanut for a head? I will show you. This is a fully developed one, but they have like a nymph stage where they oh, look okay. like colorful little beetles. Hmm. Like they apparently they hatch in spring. Maybe this isn't the animal I was thinking of. It's actually kind of pretty, but it is pretty. Actually, it looks pretty. It ha- so it's like I guess I I'm going to describe it. it. It's like. <laughs> Most of its body is, like, a whitish gray with, like, polka dots, like, black polka dots on it. 
And there's actually part of the back wings is like this bright red color with black spots. Um, and it is kind of like pretty looking. It's just that apparently it's a fashionable they, bug. But, yeah, but murdered on site. But it's but, but they destroy agriculture. Yeah, um, shoot to kill. And they don't want them to like keep spreading and turn into like overly overly populated infested areas with these these things. So yeah, you have to report it if you see one. Okay. Well, that, that's strongly encouraged to report it if you see one. All so. right. Well, this has been a PSA from your friends at Nick Nick News. Mur- <laughs> murder all these bugs. My next story is space news. This is from The Hill. NASA releases breathtaking panoramic view of Mars. Ooh. Yeah, it's some new photographs coming to us from Curiosity. Cool. Uh, revealing a jagged mountainous terrain. Which I guess isn't that surprising, but still. Uh, Curiosity climbed over a Martian mountain dubbed Mount Sharp, which stands at five miles tall in order to take the photos used to construct the panorama. Um, The photos show a flat but rocky terrain set against a backdrop of a large mountain range. I'll show you the picture, too. That will probably help. Um, (laughs) Researchers say that this location is situated in a region holding enriched clay minerals along with one full of sulfates. Uh, clay rocks and deposits indicate the presence of water at some point in the past, but not now. So, well, there is the frozen water at the poles, isn't there? I don't remember. Or is that not there anymore? I thought it was underground. Maybe it's underground. I don't know. I, I can't don't know. Do- I can't I, remember. What, which planets are wet? We don't, we don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, the agency's Curiosity rover, which has been on Mars since 2012, uses a drill installed on its arm to make pontours or holes drilled into rocks that collect geological samples. Thought I'd throw that in. Pontours. It's a new vocabulary word Pontours. for Pontours. Just a hole. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a new word. I never heard science, that before. It's a science hole. A so, science hole? <laughs> which makes it more valuable than other <laughs> Um Abigail Freeman, Curiosity's deputy project scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Southern California, says... The rocks here will begin to tell us how this once wet planet changed into the dry Mars of today and how long habitable environments persisted even after that happened. So hopefully we'll learn something from those rock samples. I want to show you the picture. though. Yeah, I want to see the picture. Wow, okay. That's a, that's a cool photo, but it kind of looks exactly like I... Uh, yeah (laughs) expected like there's nothing like it's not super exciting but it is i don't know it's cool to be able to like i can't get over how clear of an image they're able to send back that's true it is very clear like it just it looks like a location on earth like like it feels like you're just standing there looking out over it which right who would have thought like 10 years ago we'd have like that kind of clarity of the surface of mars i think that's pretty cool but yeah, it's, ba- oh, it's constructed it's super from, cool. a, from like a bunch of little images that they just kind of composed together into one big panorama. So, very cool. cool. Okay, my next story is more animal news. <laughs> this is from CNN.com. And the headline is, Frisky venomous sea snakes are confusing <laughs> divers for their mates. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this is so funny to me. I don't know. We try to um, keep this show PG, PG, PG-13. I don't know about about this. This sounds like it might venture into some much harder territory. Don't worry. It's okay. I'm going to... It's it's a family-friendly <laughs> <Okay>. story. 
highly venomous olive sea snakes may charge scuba divers as part of misplaced courtship behaviors, according to a new study. Okay, now I have questions about their courtship. (laughs) I know. Divers regularly report sea snake interaction involving chasing and biting, the reasons for which were previously unclear. Now a study. Now, a study published in the journal, uh, the Scientific Reports, suggests that male sea snakes may think divers are potential rivals or mates. (laughs) Unclear? Okay. (laughs) They're unclear. Um, So, this study actually used a bunch of data collected by this guy who did a bunch of dives in 1994 and 1995, and he's one of the co-authors of the paper. And they noticed, when they looked at the data, that of... Like, when this guy was diving, he had encounters with these sea snakes more commonly during the mating season. Um, and then, like, part of the courtship is, like, sea snakes c- coming up and, like, like licking the other snake. And they were doing that to him. <laughs> Careful, Alex. <laughs> so it's just like, no, it's not, it's, no, it's... <laughs> You know how like you know how snakes like they flip their tongue yeah, out yeah. because it's like a it's, like it's, it's their sense of it's like a sensory thing. Them, yeah. It's just that's it's that it, they they do they do that. Mm-hmm. But they did that to him, and then I guess there's been other studies of like what that is. Like that's part of like the snakes like can't see very well. These sea snakes like they don't oh, okay. they can't like see specific shapes or whatever. Or, like things are like vague, and so they use that their tongue as like a sensory thing of like trying to see objects and beings around them yeah and so um, (laughs) so they will like come up to you for the purposes of like oh are you another snake or like what is this you know what i mean and like but apparently the way they do it is like (laughs) they can't see wow this this one's enormous oh my gosh but like the people were thinking that they were like attacking them because they they're like they'll like charge at you if you're diving but that, I don't think that that's not what it is. Like, they're just like, oh, what is that? Maybe that's another snake. And they, like, come at you, um, which is just funny to me. Um, and, like, apparently they're attracted to, like, the fins on the diving suit, um, which is really funny to me because that also doesn't look like a snake. So nope. I don't know not, why not that is a, a thing. <laughs> wow, this snake is really flat and plastic (laughs) yeah but they obviously like once they get close they figure it out like but it's just like but they like will charge at you and it's scary because they're venomous snakes right yeah that that makes Um, sense and they're potentially deadly to humans i don't know if it's just because the venom but they said that they induce panic with divers because they'll like it's like a snake charging you and stuff but the suggestion on this paper is like if that happens just like be calm and stay still and let the snake investigate you and then it'll figure out you're not a snake and it'll move on so it's it's kind of like new insight into why these snakes like quote unquote like attack divers. Right. They don't really. Because they're not. Re- well, yeah, I don't know about 100% of the time, but like most of the time it's probably just they're investigating, but they just look menacing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like the point of the thing. But yeah. um, All right. I just thought this was really funny. That is really funny. So if you're diving during the months of May through August. <laughs> 
which is a long period of time. As everybody actually. knows, the breeding period for this type of snake. Um, and you run into a venomous olive sea snake, just stay calm. All right. And hopefully he'll be fine. I'll do that. Okay. My next story is also animal news. This is from sciencemag.org. These wasp nests give off one of the most powerful green glows glows in the animal kingdom. Whoa. I want to show you a picture of it before I go any further. Okay. Whoa. Now, it's only under ultraviolet light, so it's not, like, visible light. Oh, okay. But it's still, like... Still! It's very green. (laughs) It's so green. Like, it looks like a... That looks fake. Right? Like the color, the green color. It doesn't even, Not yeah, fake, it doesn't but it doesn't look, look like, like a natural. natural yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't look like a natural color that would yeah, appear is, in nature. Which is why they think it's like the most, like, just like the brightest green in the animal kingdom, basically. Wow. Um, so they say it doesn't come from a firefly or a deep sea fish. It radiates from the nests of the Asian paper wasp, according to a new study. Uh, the light appears to derive from silk proteins woven into cocoons by the wasp larva. Which is kind of interesting. I don't know why hmm. they have silk. Um, with just a handheld ultraviolet lamp, it can be seen up to 20 meters away, according to a report published in the Journal of the Royal, Sci- Royal Society Interface. The Royal Society Interface? Yes. The Journal okay. of the Royal Society Interface. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that means. Neither anyway. do I. Anyway. <laughs> um, They say the glow may serve as a homing signal to help the diurnal wasps find their way back to the nest at dawn and dusk, a time when there's a bit of UV light from the sun, but the environment is still mostly dark. They said, like most animals, these wasps have vision that is optimized to view certain wavelengths of light, and one such peak comes at 540 nanometers, which happens to correspond to the green glow given off by the cocoons. So they think, like, they can see their nest from really far away because of their special vision. Probably. Um, they said another possibility is that the fluorescent proteins protect the developing larvae. Larva, larvae? I never know how to pronounce it when there's any at the end. I'm just going to say larva. Okay. Um, by absorbing the sun's harmful UV radiation and thus blocking it from entering the cocoon. So it could also be that, or it could be multi-purpose. It could be both. We don't know for sure. But I mean, the fact that they, like, their eyes are, or their vision is optimized to view that color seems pretty telling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was really fascinating. And also, like, the picture I showed you, it, it's just really cool looking. <laughs> yeah, that's so, that's so cool looking. Makes me How did they like, figure that they were just like, oh, let's go out in nature and just shine a UV light on a bunch of stuff and see what we, oh, maybe, that's glowing. Maybe. maybe. That's what they did. Now I want to go, like, where these are endemic and just, like, shine a light around and see if I can find a nest. <laughs> that, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Fun adventure. Except also it's wasps. It's so. also wasps, though. But they're paper wasps, so they only steal. Oh, they that's only, true. They they're only probably, sting paper. That's they only what, they only attack paper. Yeah, and, that's what that means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, it's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today, or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Panorama. Ready, set, go. go! Okay, I found this on UPI. There is a loose alligator in Maryland, hmm. an ongoing situation, and authorities are trying to find it. So if you live in Maryland, be careful. 
Or if you lost an alligator, we might have found it. Right. The alligator was initially reported to be on the loose. Apparently, loosed on the loose. <laughs> Apparently, last year in 2020, but the uh-huh. sighting was considered unfounded for whatever reason, and no efforts were launched to locate the reptile. Um, but I guess somebody took a video of it now, and so now the authorities are taking it seriously. Like, oh wait, there's actually an alligator up here. Was the video relatively recent? I'm assuming. Because um, I was. I don't know. Because when you first said that, I was like, oh yeah, they probably want to catch it before the winter. Because I don't know if it would survive like a Maryland winter, but apparently it already apparently survived. Apparently it did. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, can they? How much cold can they withstand? I mean, they're southern yeah. animals. I yeah, I would think they would need to be in a much warmer environment, but I don't know. Maybe it like went south for the winter and then it came back. <laughs> I Just don't know. It's wandering across the U.S. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so now the, they're, just, they're just trying to find this alligator. Because <laughs> they're like, uh, these are not native to Maryland and they shouldn't be here. And we really need to find this animal because it could be dangerous to some unsuspecting residents. All true. That aren't expecting that there's an alligator uh, near their residential areas. Yeah, they're th- going to think it's just a prank. Classic alligator prank. Like, that's Oh, fake. like, oh, that's a fake alligator yeah. in the creek yeah. behind my house. Yeah. Yeah, look at me. I'm going to stick my Oh, I'm going to take a selfie with it. Uh, hey, it's uh, a fake then, alligator. <gasps> and then, yeah. And it's if you live funny. in Maryland, if, if you live anywhere, just if you live anywhere, hopefully you live somewhere. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you ever see an alligator, I would not, like, go up to it in an unsafe situation. Like, even if you're like, Oh, that's probably a fake. Like, maybe just stay just, away from it. Yeah, I don't know. Better like, safe than sorry. Just stay away. What, from you, what are you going to get out of going close to it? Right. Nothing. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, this is from sfgate.com. I think San Francisco Gate. I don't know. Oh yeah, I think. Is that like a I think so. Paper or something. Anyway, I think I've seen that before. Um. So the headline is one free donut not enough to convince you to get the vaccine. Krispy Kreme is now offering two. <laughs> <laughs> I just find that so funny on, on multiple levels. I don't know. It just <laughs> they're already giving away one. Maybe that. Maybe that's not enough. Maybe now you need to. Anyway, uh, so because, <laughs> because everyone knows the way to Americans' hearts is free dessert, <laughs> and and. of eligible Americans are still unvaccinated. Krispy Kreme has stepped in to raise the stakes. Uh, Building on its existing offer of a free original glazed donut for anyone who shows proof of vaccination to the end of 2021, the chain is now giving away two free donuts to every American who shows proof of vaccination from August 30th through September 5th. So a narrow window for the two donuts, but still. Um, The second donut in question will also be an original glazed donut, but it will be heart-shaped. Aww. Yeah. For some reason, uh, they said the, <laughs> the new promotion is apparently to celebrate the FDA's recent full approval of the Pfizer bio, BioNTech, bio, yeah. BioNTech. How do you actually pronounce that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, COVID nineteen vaccine. So yeah, in case you hadn't heard, it's fully approved. It now. is fully approved. It's big news. Go get vaccinated and then get two donuts. Yeah. Like what? What, what else? <laughs> what else do you people need? <laughs> I like the notion that um, you said it's Krispy Kreme, right? Doing uh, this, right? Yeah. 
that they feel like they have some responsibility <laughs> for the the vaccination rate. So they're like, we need to up, we need to up our donuts. We're not offering. doing enough. We're not doing enough. We we do not do enough for the vaccination hey. efforts. How is that? Yeah, that's that was, fair. Wait, that wasn't the right response. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> How was that? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews, on Twitter at at knickknacknews, and on Instagram at knickknacknews. You can also get merch for our show at bit.ly slash kknshop. KKN is all caps. Shop is all lower. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.